Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast. And with me back after last week, doing all those backflips because of Ronald Coleman being fired. Um, <laughs> best friend, any other host of the show, Edward Robles. What's up, guys? And backflips is the right, especially after we're going to say today. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, Ole is still there. Um, but that is, know, that is. Cristiano Ronaldo's his savior. Uh, well, like, well, not for last weekend, but <laughs> and not last weekend, but still, like. Also, you know, obviously Manchester United lost to Manchester City, which means Edward has yet another another singing. <laughs> but I know, I know. So, uh, sorry, that's Edward. three, bro. That's three, and the season hasn't even been like it's not even half over in a row, and it's three in a row. Ah, oh, Jesus. I would have thought I'd be the one in the row, man. But, you know, here we are. No. But, yeah, man. So, the worst part of it all. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, yeah, man. You know, obviously, we do have quite the show. Um, you know, so we're going to go ahead and give you guys headlines. Obviously, our debate topic. Is it really a debate topic? I don't know. I just, more, it's more, it's a U.S. men national team reaction more so than obviously because international break is coming up this weekend. So, we'll be talking about U.S. men's national team. Um, we'll go ahead and do our game recaps um, and then announce our players of the week. And we'll get, preview the international break for you, as well as the semifinals of the NWSL playoffs. Not a preview, just letting you know who's playing uh, for that weekend, but obviously the international break. So we'll spread it all the way throughout from starting with Friday all the way till Tuesday. So you guys are at least aware of some of the good matchups that are coming up for the international break, even though. There are some haters about the international break. I know some people rather watch the Premier League, but you know what? It's World Cup qualifiers, so these ga- these games actually do mean something. It's not like they're playing friendlies. This is this is a qualifier for the World Cup, so it means something. So the games are going to be competitive, regardless of how you feel. But yeah, so international break is coming up this weekend, so we'll go ahead and, and give you guys some 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 games that we think will be uh, quite worth watching, and then we'll wrap it up with a three up, three down. Um, and we're going to go back to being fatties again, and we're going to talk about food. And this topic is going to be side dishes, even though I spent a very big period of my life 
trying to figure out what's the proper word for side dish. It was side food or food side. And then I realized, oh, they're side dishes. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely wrap the show up. And, and yeah, so, <laughs> so we're going to get ready for that. But before we do, um, obviously, if you, you guys should know this, me and Edward are from the city of Houston. That's where, uh, that's where, you know, that's our home. That's our hometown. Um, and unfortunately, uh, this past week, we, we uh, had a very massive tragedy that happened here in the city of Houston. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you know, obviously the rapper Travis Scott has held his, his uh, annual, well, I guess it didn't happen in 2020, but ha- held his World concert, um, which obviously, you know, Travis Scott is from Houston. So he, this is his way to, I guess, help impact the community. Uh, unfortunately, things went completely haywire. Um, just, just overall, just, just a massive shit show. Just, I don't know what else to say. Um, and unfortunately from that, we had multiple injuries and, and the loss of eight lives as far as we know. Um, so before we get going with the show, we're going to have a brief moment of silence for John Hilgard, age 14, Brianna Rodriguez, age 16, Jacob Jurenek, age 20, Franco Patino, age 21, Axel Acosta, age 21. Madison Dubisky, age 23, Rudy Pena, age 23, and Danish Baig, age 27. Yo, Edward, I'm digging that jersey. Where did you get it? Thanks. I got it at fanatics.com. What's Fanatics? Fanatics is your one-stop shop of all things sports. You can get the gear of all your favorite teams. Even NASCAR? Even NASCAR. If you shop using our link, not only will you be getting swagged out, but you will also be supporting Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. Nice. I'm going to start shopping now. And we're back. All right, man. Make sure you guys check our social media, Instagram and Twitter at Insert Name FC. You go to our bios. There's going to be a link. It'll take you to our link tree. It'll show you all the great partners that we have. Obviously, Fanatics. Uh, I was about to say Fubo. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Swift Lifestyles and and uh, and of course uh, Audible and also the insert name FC uh, clothing store that we have now with Bonfire. Um, so you guys can get yourself a a nice cool insert name FC hoodie, a sweatshirt, t-shirts, long sleeves. Um, our 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 very exclusive in old Gunner we trust shirt because apparently that's going to still be a thing. It's an ironic like shirt, it. guys. It's not that we're. Obviously, Edward's not an Ole Gunner fan, and I really don't no. think Ole Gunner. Uh, but but it's 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 a joke. But you know, obviously, Kelsey's even thought about buying it because of the joke. But anyways, but yeah, not only that, but obviously, how you can listen to us through Spotify, Apple, Pandora, um, Spreaker, obvi- also the the web directly to the website to Belly Up, so you guys can go ahead and read all the great articles that are there, especially from James Kim, obviously friend of the show and fellow soccer uh, enthusiast that's in Belly Up. So make sure you guys check out all those great links that are on our link tree. Once again, you can find them in our bio on Instagram and Twitter at InsertNameFC. All right, Edward. It is time for some headlines, and we're going to start things off with Newcastle. Obviously, Newcastle, they're the new richest club in in the English Premier League. Um, There's rumors speculating everywhere as far as, like, players they're going to be trying to go after. We've heard Dembele, we've heard Coutinho, we've heard Tony Cruz, we've heard a lot of players. Maybe not the, the not the names that we were thinking of, but obviously, you know, this isn't the route that 
Newcastle needs to go at least right away. They're going to have to kind of follow what Manchester City did. So this is essentially they're looking for their for their Robinho, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously, the other thing is, well, they need a manager. Uh, you know, that's going to be a good start for them. And uh, they go after a very interesting name, um, a name that I'm very familiar with because of his time at Arsenal. But also, the man is just the master of the Europa League, and that is Unai Emery, um, who rejected Newcastle. Um, he is current, and obviously, he's currently the manager of Villarreal. Obviously, the, they just won the Europa League last season, um, and competing in the Champions League. Uh, I, I don't really know where they are on the table right now, but it's it's still too early to really care about where they are in the standings right now for for the league. But he chose to stay with Villarreal over the possibility of going to Newcastle where he has an open checkbook essentially to go after whoever he wants, which is a situation he's been very familiar with because he did at one point manage PSG. Um, but but he, he chooses to stay with Villarreal. Uh, Edward, to you, for one, what do you think of him deciding Villarreal? And, and then the second question would be, what does that say about the Newcastle United job? Well, I mean... I don't know, honestly. It, it's just, uh, I think, I think what he what, he's settled there. Like, I think that's what it is with Villarreal. I think he's just settled there. And basically, if he goes to Newcastle, yes, it's a higher, it may be a higher paying job. It, it may be something that he can start from scratch. But I don't think he wants to do that. I don't think he wants to start from scratch and start, you know, getting new player, newer players or even younger players or superstars and then having to build a team like that. I think he's content where he's at right now. He's not looking to to be like, oh, I'm going to be the next, you know, Champions League winner with Newcastle. I'm going to be the next, you know. He, he I, think, I think anybody who takes the Newcastle gig is going to be... Um, somebody who's trying to make a name for themselves. And I think with Villarreal, he's brought them up to where I think he can be a contender where in, in the major uh, championships, like, you know, in the major European championships. And um, it, it's just going to take him some time. And I don't think he wants to go through the whole rebuild process and bringing in the player that he wants kind of process and redoing it all over again. Because, I mean, we've seen it happen and it's been happening a lot. A lot of the managers from these big name teams, big money teams are, you know, they're just going back. They're just basically, okay, we're letting you go. We're getting the new guy. Okay, we're letting the new guy go. We're going to get this guy. Okay, we're getting this guy. And they're basically doing that. They're just playing uh, Duck Duck Goose kind of situation uh, at this point. Mind you, I think Newcastle now has the money to do that. They're, they can't just stick with one manager and then be like, all right, you're not going to work. You're not going to work out, but we got to keep you because we can't afford to get a new one. Now they can literally be, all right, you lose the first game. All right, you're gone. Now we're going to bring in this guy. You know, so I think, I think it's a smart move for Emery. Um, I think it's something practical. It's something, um, like, like I said, I think he's settled. He's content where he's at. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's where that's where my two cents go for the Newcastle gig. No, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think with what he has with Villarreal, which, I mean, let's face it, you know, obviously he, he was kind of shunned after what happened with 
with Arsenal not being able to, to be honest, he never really got like one. I never thought he was the right guy for Arsenal. That's right. my opinion right there. But you know, yeah, it, it left a really bad mark for him and, and it really did hurt his pride. Um, he ends up going, getting the chance to go with, uh, with Villarreal and then, you know, brings that team back and, and has one an amazing season with them, wins the Europa League against Manchester United, which, I mean, the way Manchester United looked, you know, you thought would be very strongly favored. But, uh, you know, well, after 10 penalty kicks, that, that that can change real quick. But, but yeah, I mean, I think he's in a good place with Villarreal. You know, Villarreal obviously loves him and he loves Villarreal. So I think it's one of those, like, he's just in a good situation. And why would he, why would you try to lose that to come into one going back to the Premier League, uh, maybe this could have been his like redemption time to prove that you know what happened with Arsenal wasn't more of his fault, more of just that was Arsenal's fault. Which I don't. That's also one reason I don't blame him entirely for. I think Arsenal was just in a bad situation. Um, but is Newcastle really that team that's going to help him? No, because I don't think Newcastle is going to be. It's going to be a process, and I don't think. Unai Emery is the right guy for a process. And honestly, it takes a, a really different kind of manager to really build that. And even at the same time, it's right now Newcastle is in a situation where they're fighting for promotion because they're in that relegation zone. There's re, they're really flirting with that area. Um, so there's gonna it's gonna have to take a manager that you know has to realize that right now he doesn't have that team. Unless they do something crazy in the, in the January transfer window, but I don't even think new signings can can fix right now what Newcastle's dealing with. So you need someone that can come in, maybe be able to bounce this team back from from relegation the pre the next season, and then bounce back into the Premier League, and then you know really go for that those spending and try to stay in the Premier League and hopefully compete in there. Um, but it's gonna take it's gonna take a certain different manager. Um, Newcastle did announce. Uh, actually, on on Monday today, you know, on Monday when we record this episode, that uh, Eddie Howe has been announced as the manager. Um, for those of you who don't know who Eddie Howe is, he previously managed Bournemouth. He actually helped Bournemouth get promoted. I think maybe for that 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 aspect, maybe he's the right guy for the job for right now. But I don't think he's going to be the guy that gets Newcastle to be contenders. But I think he could be at least help set the set the foundation right for this Newcastle team and then it, it essentially be that that's that 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 guy for you know right now to gap filling that gap for right now till that you know till maybe I don't know a Pochettino even though Pochettino's probably not the right not the right guy for it either but <laughs> but maybe a, one of those bigger name managers maybe a Zidane maybe well who knows but just whoever's going to be that high profile manager uh, can come in and then take the take the team where they need to be. I think Eddie Howe is right now the right guy. Um, honestly, I don't think Unai Emery was the right guy to begin with. I think they were just trying to go after a manager that seems in, enticing enough. And obviously, Unai Emery, the, what he's done with Villarreal has has earned his right to come come in and at least get the shot. But I, I one, I agree with Unai Emery's decision of staying with Villarreal, and uh, I just don't think Newcastle is as an enticing job as as people think. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, okay, so what entices people, of course, is the money. It's just, you have to basically come up with, I think with the with the Newcastle, you have to come in with the, 
a blueprint of what you want, what players you want, what formation. Um, and if, of course, I'm not going to say, and if they can afford them, because I mean, they just had like a major cash influx. Um, but it also goes like, okay, am I going to be spending the money wisely just by putting big stars just all of a sudden, you know, right then and there? Because we've seen, we've seen teams with, you know, well, a bunch of stars. I mean, fuck, I'm PSG, Manchester United, um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and then and, and sometimes they don't pan out because they have they're too there's too much star power to where they need to have something balanced out. So it has to be a manager that basically knows what the team needs. It has to be a manager that basically knows who the star is going to be, and they they can actually use their youth academy as well. As as well with the players they already have on the first squad, and whatever they want to bring in as well, because it can't just be like, "Oh, I'm gonna just go ahead and bring in a whole. I'm just gonna clean house all together, and then just you know bring in the players that he just wants randomly, like a FIFA, like a FIFA manager mode, and then everything's gonna be hunky dory just because you got a five five star team all of a sudden. You know, no, it does doesn't it doesn't work that way. Exactly, so, man. But like. And this is the real reason why I don't think Newcastle is enticing of a job and why it makes sense for an Eddie Howe to be the one taking this job. And the reason why is because, one, Newcastle hasn't won a game since the season started. They have yet to have won a Premier League match. They they currently have no wins, have five draws, and six losses. Say what you want about Norwich, but Norwich at least has a win. And so, yeah, Newcastle right now is in a terrible situation. You know, obviously the international break is there, but, you know, we're almost near, you know, we're two months away from hitting the halfway point of the season. And does Newcastle look like a team that can get out of that relegation zone? I really don't see it. Um, The team, I just, they just don't have the team right now. Um, And I think at this point, a lot of these guys are just collecting a paycheck at this point because I think they know what's, what's coming. Uh, at the end of the season. And I mean, some of these guys will be moving on uh, to greener pastures because obviously the fact is that this team is not, I I think it's at, at this point, no one's going to change my mind. I mean, maybe depending what they end up doing in the January transfer window. But right now I feel that this team is going to get relegated. Um, and that means guys like Alan St. Maximin, he's going out. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Joe Willock. Miguel Miron is going to be a guy that I think that some teams are going to be interested in trying to seek after just because of him, just because of his age. Uh, Callum Win- Wilson, I could see probably staying with Newcastle. Uh, Joel Latino, uh, Joel Tun, I don't know what's going to happen to him, but maybe he, he goes elsewhere as well. It's just, uh, you know, even, even Sean Longstaff, even though I don't rate him that highly, could be someone yeah. that can be, you know, leaving the, cl- they're going to clean house. And it's beca- not so much because of the fact that the team is not good. It's more so that this team's getting relegated and they just got to clear, like clear some space and see who, what they want to do when they go play in the championship. Um, so, and I mean, for, for a guy like Eddie Howe, who does understand how to get a team right, obviously what he did with Bournemouth is very commendable, but obviously once again, I don't think he's going to be that guy that can help you go into the premier league and compete. I think this guy is the right guy to go down the championship with, Help them build a pretty, uh, uh, at least a very sturdy squad. Get them back into the Premier League, 
let them have that one season with them with the Premier League where they struggle. Um, hopefully stay in the Premier League, but then, you know, obviously, you know, kick them out and then bring in a manager that can build something from what Eddie Howe ends up putting, putting that team in. Um, but yeah, I, once again, I just, the reason why Newcastle to me is not an enticing job is because this team's getting relegated, like point blank, unless once again, prove it. They could prove me wrong in, uh, for what they do in the January transfer window, but I don't think this team can be salvaged. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. It's just, it's I'm really hard. I love when these words bite me in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then at that point, you're just like, oh, yeah. This is this is gonna be me apologizing to like I did with Gotham FC for basically jinxing them uh, <laughs> as they got eliminated in the playoffs. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but yeah. So I mean, Newcastle. I mean, they got their they got a manager. I, I'm not gonna say they got their manager. They got a manager to at least hold the fort for right now. But I think Newcastle Newcastle's gonna it's gonna be a while before we start seeing. And I mean, we said this before when when we talked about the new ownership group coming in for Newcastle. This team is just not ready. It's going to take signings, not just a few signings. It's going to take a massive amount of signings to really put this team in together. And then obviously there's the chemistry and all that. This this ain't FIFA where you can go in and buy a whole starting lineup and these guys are instantly going to start winning. That's just not how it works. Like it's realistically, this team isn't going to do anything maybe for like two to three years before it really becomes like kind of like, Basically, like a startup, you don't see profits till you hit your two, third, fifth year. That's when you start seeing profits. Till then, you're gonna probably even out, or worse, you're gonna have, you're gonna not make, you're gonna actually be in the negative. So, yeah, it's gonna be a while before Newcastle's actually good, um, at least good enough to be like, yeah, they're gonna compete for the top six. And, and it's gonna be a while for before that because it, the, and I mean, if you look at Manchester City, it took a while before Manchester City really became that club. So, oh, yeah. so I mean, it, it's going to be, you know, just it's just going to have to take that patience. And once again, I just don't think Eddie Howe is going to be that guy, but he's the guy for right now. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so, so good for Unai Emery. I think this would have been a terrible situation for him um, because I don't think, I mean, it, essentially he would have been with Eddie Howe's situation, but I think, he doesn't have the experience that Eddie Howe has in that in that personal, in that in that level of expertise. I think he's ripe for helping you win the Europa League and maybe can do things more for you. But I don't think for this situation he's the right guy for this job. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we we we've said what we have to say. I think so. I, we both basically agree that Unai Emery basically did the right thing for him. For himself. Yeah, for the sake of his benefit, right move. Newcastle, it's going to be a while. Yeah, it's going to be a really long while. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, there's that. All right. And the next topic we're going to talk, kind of sticking with the Premier League and kind of with talking about U.S. soccer, and that is Zach Steffen signing an extension with Manchester City. The American is staying put till 2025. Um He's going to be a backup goalkeeper unless someone makes an offer for Edison, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think Edison's going to be the number one. Uh, he's just going to be the number one for Manchester City once again until something <laughs> until something happens, unless you know some club decides to make it make an offer for him. Uh, but Zach Steffen will be his backup uh, for that, and, and um, 
before I say my thoughts, Ever, what do you what do you think? Do you think was this the right move for for Zach Steffen? Um, I think it's it's really hard to say because I mean Manchester City is is a really good team, but. I, I don't know, man. Honestly, it's to me, it's it's kind of like a head scratcher. Like I have to sit. Like me, if I was Zach Steffen, I think I would have sat on it just a little bit more, just a little bit longer. Um, I don't know, man. Um, well, first, I would have to see what my options would be. Like I said, I I personally would have to be like, well, like, do I have any options from any other teams? Um, you know, any offers that came through? Because, uh, I mean, like you said it yourself, he's, I don't think he's going to be the the number one, the starting goalkeeper. He'll probably be like the alternate. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, this is, this is really hard for me to, like, if I had to choose, it, it would be hard for me, honestly. I mean, what, what would you, what would you say? If what do you say? Um, if Zach Seven was looking to was was aiming to be the most decorated American in the English Premier League, then maybe he made the right choice. But if he's like the the, the issue right now is, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, but every single every single game that you're not starting is costing you the the number one spot for the U.S. Men's National Team especially the way Matt Turner has been looking. Like, take it for what you want. You know, obviously, he's playing in the MLS and, and Zach Stevens playing in, 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 in England. But Matt Turner is the man in form. He is the guy in form. And, and as much as I like Zach Steffen, I think Zach Steffen's a, a good goalkeeper. And maybe if, if Greg Brohalter is looking, to, looking for a goalkeeper that can play from the back, then Zach Steffen's your guy. But if you're looking for a guy in form and honestly has every time you put him up up as a starting goalkeeper for the U.S. Men's National has been amazing for you. It's Matt Turner. Like, more and more, you're losing your job to Matt Turner, and it's because of the fact that the man's in form and the man's playing. You staying in Manchester City, while, granted, you're going to get some silverware while you're there, and, yeah, you'll play in the Carabao Cup, and you'll play uh, in the FA Cup so they can rest Ederson for the Premier League and Champions League. Um, And maybe you'll get the occasional Champions League group match but you're not going to start. You're not the number one keeper until, like I said, un- unless something happens to Ederson or if Ederson, someone just opens up the page, the, the pay, you know, opens up the pay, uh, the checkbook for Ederson. Zach Steffen is not going to be the starting goalkeeper for Manchester City. But yeah. it's, it's great that he's learning from a good goal. You know, he's learning from Ederson and he's learning from Pep Guardiola and he's learning from Manchester City's uh, resources. You need to be playing regularly, and that's his only issue right now. I would have liked him to go somewhere, at least you know, at least hear other teams out before, like you know, because I, I I believe players once they're like in their last the last six months of their contract, they can start hearing out from other teams, um, which I think that would have been the right move to do. At least like see who what's who's who's interested in you before you go ahead and sign with Manchester City. I think. A part of me thinks that Zach Steffen just signed with Manchester City just to say that he plays for Manchester City and he has the trophies. 
But I, I, the part that hurts me is just because I do like Zach Steffen and, and Edward knows this, that I do yeah. think Zach Steffen is, is a great goalkeeper and I think he is the guy. Um, but you're, every, single, every single game that you're not playing, you're losing your job to, to Matt Turner. And which isn't a bad thing because Matt Turner has proven time and time again why he should be the starting goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team. But you're not helping your argument. If this is going to be a battle to who's going to be the real number one, you got to be playing. But if not, I'm sorry, but Matt Turner, uh, unless you're unless you're all of a sudden start starting for Manchester City, Matt Turner is going to be the number one goalkeeper in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think you're right. So, well. I would say I would have said if I was uh, Zach Steffen, I would have kept my options open instead of signing with Manchester City. I think that was the consensus. I think from everybody that I've you know from watching Eleven Yanks on YouTube, who who's very vocal about the U.S. men's national team, obviously that you know that's his name, Eleven Yanks. Uh, but <laughs> you know, even he said it like you know Zach Steffen's got to leave Manchester City because and, and kind of the same way he's lose yeah every day that he's not playing. He's losing his job to Matt Turner, a guy that is playing. And the same thing for Ethan Horvath. I believe he hasn't really been playing that much for Nottingham Forest as well. Like, these guys are losing. Like, even though they, whenever they do play, they play fairly well. Okay, maybe aside from that that one moment at Co- versus Costa Rica for Zach Steffen. But Ethan Horvath, even when he got his opportunity to play, he, 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 was, he brought it. Like, he was lights out against Mexico for, coming in for Zach Steffen when he got injured. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're not playing, and at least that would be the logic for for some of these guys for U.S. men's national team. If you're not playing, uh, and if you're not in form, I can't call you up. I mean, we'll we'll get to the U.S. men's national team call up. But <laughs> if you're not, and, you know, that's my like that's the, at least the logic you should be using that these guys aren't in form, and they're not going to get called up. Matt Turner is a guy in form. New, New England Revolution just won the uh, just won the supporter shield for having the best record overall in the MLS. You know, Matt Turner obviously is completely behind that. So, and more and more, I think Matt Turner's stock is rising not only for the U.S. men's national team, but I think there's going to be teams in Europe that are going to be interested in Matt Turner um, because yeah. the guy is just a pure shot stopper. Um, and if that, ha- if, if, if somehow Matt Turner goes to a team in Europe, and it doesn't have to be for a Manchester United or, or an Arsenal or a, an AC Milan or a PSG or, or a Barcelona, None of that. He could go to. He can go to Real Sociedad, and the fact that he—I don't think he'll be the starting goalkeeper. I think Real Sociedad actually has a pretty solid goalkeeper. But let's just say he manages to win the, the starting job for Real Sociedad. He's playing. At the end of the day, if you're not playing, how can I know that you're in form? Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I think this was his. A little, a little too premature. Unless, unless Zach Steffen asks his manager to at least hear out some offers and then realize that nobody wanted him, so he just said, "Screw it, I'll just sign with Manchester City and win some trophies." Then, because I, I, obviously we don't know what's going on there, but obviously outside from the outside, it just looks like he chose, the, he made the wrong choice. But that, that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, I, I mean, I agree with you. So I, I feel like we both are on the same page with that. Um, I just, 
I just, I just think, I just think Sac Stefan should have, should have, like I said, should have weighed his options, maybe seen an incoming offer or two. Um, hell, you know, even, even possibly gone out on loan for a bit, you know? Which was what happened initially when he went to, to Manchester City. He, he, he went on loan to Dusseldorf, which obviously he was playing games, so it wasn't, it wasn't a bad situation for him. But um, obviously, I think it's because Pep likes him as his backup goalkeeper. He does use Zach Steffen. We've seen him on occasion. He'll, he'll, he will play a Premier League game. Uh, obviously, it's mainly just to rest Ederson. Uh, yeah. Or just because, you know, obviously he went to Brazil, you know, Ederson went to Brazil. So then he had to wait till the whole uh, COVID protocols and all that. But it, that, that's the thing, though. It, it's like certain, re- there's a reason why Zach Steffen is starting. It's not because, yeah, he's the starting goalkeeper. It's because, you know, Eder- this happened with Ederson. Ederson had to do this, or we're resting Ederson for this. So it's never, we, we gave, the, we got the starting, we gave him the, the, the starting role for today because he earned it. It's because, well, we need Ederson to be well rested for when we play PSG. Um, so yeah. it's, it's it, you know, it's one of those things. And I'm just like, I mean, if he's cool with it, fine. Um, he's going to get called up anyways, because obviously Greg Berhalter loves him. So he's going to get called up, but as long as he's healthy. But obviously, like, I, like, I just can't, I just can't see him beating Matt Turner just because Matt Turner is the guy in form. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I it's just, um, it's, it's, um, yeah, it can't, he can't. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just pretty straightforward. We, we both basically agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, we'll go into something where I definitely know I'm not going to agree with Edward because this is, this is what I feared. I feared for this day to come. I knew it was going to happen. It, uh, it was written in the sand. I kept saying how it was going to happen. Well, maybe not this was going to happen, but I knew that it... I know the pattern of Barcelona, okay? I know this pattern. I've seen this before, and I was tormented for years for it. And it looks like it's happening all over again. Obviously, last week, Barcelona fired Ronald Koeman. And I kept saying this last time, Barcelona fired a Dutch manager. They bring in a former Barcelona legend to help bring back La Masea, help bring back El Tiki Taka. Obviously, when the last time I, we, we saw this, it was to bring back Pep Guardiola, arguably, maybe not even arguably, but one of the best manager right now in the game. Once again, sir, I mean, some people may argue, others might not. Others might agree. Others might, uh, depending if you're a Liverpool fan, you you, lo- you love Jurgen Klopp. But Pep Guardiola is the best manager right now in the game. Yeah. And, and, and we saw this. We've seen what he did with Barcelona. And there's a reason. And that's the reason why he was able to get the Bayern Munich job. And he was able to get the Man City job because of what he built with Barcelona. The empire that he built. That all you had to do was copy. Copy what he did. And and then pass it on to the next guy, and then yeah. for some reason somebody forgot that forgot the memo, decided to change things up for them, and then kind of sent Barcelona down a shithole. Um, and then next year you got Ronald Coleman, and <laughs> well, they fired a Dutch manager, and they get a former Barcelona legend who's looking to bring back La Masea, who's looking to bring back La Tiki El Tiki Taka. It's fucking Xavi. 
It, it, like <laughs> the worst thing to happen to me. To, yeah, to you. I was about to say to you. Yeah, the worst thing that I said to me. The worst thing that happened to me is that Xavi's back. Now, mind you, it's going to take a while before, and this is my little rant before I give it to Edward so he can gloat, but uh, he, he, it's going to be a while before Barcelona, because obviously they have the massive debt that they got to deal with. Uh, I'm sure Xavi has a, a plan and set of how he's going to build this team back to his, in its, go, his glory years. He's got some very young, good players that are, that are there with him. I mean, Ansu they got hurt. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. Um, but, you know, obviously you have Pedri, you have Ansu Fati, you have uh, Gavi. Uh, some people may debate on this, but you do have Sergino Dest. Um, apparently, <laughs> he likes Dembele. Uh, you have some pieces. I mean, Depay, I think, could work for, for, uh, for Xavi. You have some pieces at least. But you, right now, you just got to trim the fat. And I think that's what Xavi is going to have to do, at least this first season. I don't think this first season is going to be anything amazing yet because, I mean, obviously he's got to, one, they, these guys got to get on the same page, page before they do that. But yeah. once he gets, he works with how he wants to have it done. And if you guys think, okay, well, how do we know Xavi's going to be good? Look at Al-Sad. Watch, oh, yeah. watch al the club that he managed for a while. They played like Barcelona. Yeah. When I saw them play, they were moving, they were playing tiki-taka, like they were playing the Barca way. At, th- at that point, you should have gave them the striped jerseys because that's how they were playing. Yeah, they were. So, yes, it's the inevitable. Xavi is back. I hate it. <laughs> but La Liga isn't good unless Real Madrid and Barcelona are both at their best. And that also Atletico Madrid. When, they're, when, when those three are at their best, that's when La Liga is the best league. At least can compete for it to be the best league in the world. Um, but yeah, Xavi has made his return. And, uh, and yeah, Edward, it, one, is he the right man for the job? Obviously, duh. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he, he is the right man for the job. Uh, but, you know, before, uh, well, one, have your moment to, glo- uh, to gloat about this. But two, but then my, uh, obviously follow it up with this question. And, and it is, what are the challenges that Xavi is going to have to be dealing with? Obviously, the aftermath of Ronald Koeman. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's right. The, the aftermath of that, um, having to deal with um, the short, the shortness of, of basically equipped players to be dealing with. You know, uh, it's not like it's not like you know Pep. Whenever he left Barcelona, he went to Bayern Munich. It was already a stacked team, and then he went to Man City. It was already a stacked team. He just probably did little tweaks here and there. But yeah, like right now, Xavi's stepping into like this zone where he doesn't have like the 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 main uh, attraction that was Messi. Um, he doesn't have like somebody to build the team around uh, like that. You know, everybody's basically their own their own talisman they're 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 their own players so he's 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 got his work cut out for him and i mean maybe that that could be um uh what you call the 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 silver lining you know maybe that's what he's looking for he's not looking for a single individualistic player he could be looking at you know okay i want to build a team around you know maybe not just one player but around like you know like how he played it with iniesta you know the midfield you know like for sure and um He's also going in with 
less salary money. He's going in less money than when he was making at Al Saad. So it, it, it's, it's a lot of people were saying, oh, well, he's not going to make the team great. And you know what? I'm not going to disagree with those people, but I'm also not going to agree with them either. Um, it's just we can't let a few bad games under his coaching be the downfall. Like we can't just be like, all right, we're going to sack him because he's doing bad. No, I mean, you're literally giving this guy the least experienced players and some of them you're like, okay, why are they even the team kind of players? You know, hell, like honestly, I would have, I was happy with Suarez. Right now, we don't have Suarez. We got Kuhn. Kuhn's a good player. He's hurt. He he has a heart condition right now at this moment. Um, we can't really use him, so he has to work with what he has, which is, I'm not saying it's not a lot, it's just not what you expect um, Barcelona to have, you know, as a, as a caliber that Barcelona is set themselves. You know, it's, it's a it's a world-known team, well, very well-known around the world. And um, he's, he's, he's got a lot on his plate to deal with at this time. And he's, he's going to have a lot of wishy-washy fans. I'm going to tell him that. Like, he has a respect as a player, but as a coach, he, he, like you said, you saw it and it was tiki-taka. You saw the games at all side and they played really, really well. And that's one thing that he has to build up on. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time. And he's going to have to, he's going to have to start doing some, you know, cleaning house. And it seems like Xavi is actually ready to do just that and work with what he will be left with. He can't go out and go make an expensive buy of Holland or Mbappe or, you know, anybody really right now at this at this time and so uh, i just i just want to say that i think xavi's ready for it it's just it's not going to happen anytime soon right now it's going to be it's going to be just a little while it's going to take a while it's going to take a little while we cannot put our hopes and dreams on just like the first match that xavi does you know and like you, like you, you're, you're like, oh, damn it. The worst thing they could have done to me because, you know, you're a Real Madrid fan. But for me, I'm like, okay, this is a step in the right direction. Now we just got to make sure we keep that step. We cannot just get rid of Xavi just because he's going to have a, fe- a few bad games. And every coach, every coach, no matter who it is, is going to have a few bad games. And especially if you're starting out with basically a squad that's not even complete. You know, you, you've got a lot. The defense-wise, you know, and center backs, I mean, it's not complete. It's not closed. Like, it's not a full circle. You literally have, like, a bunch of straight lines that you're trying to build into a team. And so that's what Xavi's here for, you know? That's what he's there for in the team. Like, he's going to try and connect the dots as best as he can. And if any of those dots, you know, tend to not connect, he's going to have to replace that dot with, you know, another player or maybe a different... I'm pretty sure it's going to be the 4-3-3 formation. Um, 
But you know, it's just it just he's gonna have to he's gonna have his work cut out for him. His team's gonna have their work cut out for them. So they're they're gonna have to do a whole lot of research, a whole lot of like observation. They're gonna be doing a whole lot of training, and it's just it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a while. But I am actually excited to see the results, like what he's gonna bring to the table. No, yeah, and 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 Xavi will be taking over immediately. He's you know he, he's not gonna finish uh, he's not gonna finish out the season with Al-Sad. He's actually coming straight in, and he will be at least for this season, and I believe till twenty twenty five. I think is when he like that's his contract at least. Um, I don't know if it's just two seasons or, or what it was, but all I know is that it's this season and a few more seasons. That's at least a contract, very short contract, which is weird, but. Um, obviously, that's because that's that's the reality that Barcelona has. But uh, yeah, you're gonna give this man time. I mean, Barcelona isn't gonna become Barcelona overnight. Let's just be realistic. Um, and obviously, my concerns isn't right now. I think Barcelona right now is gonna need some work. It's gonna need some time bef- before they really become truly competitive. Um, before they start giving me nightmares again. But uh, the, the the team made the right choice. It, this is this was the right move. Um, and, and yeah, I know some people are like, well, you know, other teams have tried to bring in former players to be the managers, but those guys didn't have managerial experience. Like, give it, say what you want about Frank Lampard. He didn't necessarily have the managerial experience. Pirlo had no managerial experience. Um, and he got he was given the Juventus job. This is a little bit different. And then, and for people that want to say Zidane, Zidane was an assistant manager, also managed um, uh, Castilla. Um, so, oh, yeah. So those are they they were working on it. They were learning the, they were learning how to be a manager. So that's different. Xavi was given a team and take it for what you want, Qatar, or what you want to say. He made that team play like Barcelona. Oh yeah. Like hands that, down. Am I saying they're gonna beat Bayern Munich? No. But that team played the way Barcelona played, and it was fluid, it was beautiful, and I hated it. <laughs> because I knew that this is the guy. From that, from watching those matches of Al Saad, I knew Xavi is the guy. This guy is Pep, and I was, uh, and that's what that is my fear. But I know that Xavi is the right guy. And as much as I don't like it, the rivalry between Barcelona and Real Madrid and, and Atletico Madrid aren't going to be those rivalries unless Barcelona's up there with Real Madrid and, and Atletico Madrid. That's just point blank. And I know that for the love of La Liga, because obviously me and Edward have our La Liga bias and people trash La Liga because, oh, those teams are trash. Oh, fuck off. But <laughs> the, La Liga isn't La Liga unless Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid are on top. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I just, it just, it's just, um, right now, this is going to be. This is going to be the rebuild that Barcelona is looking forward to. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, it's going to be perfect. I'm not going to say this is, this is basically it. This is what's going to be, this is what's going to make it go through. Xavi's going to make everything better. I, I can't say. I really can't say. I think it's a step in a good direction, but we have to wait and see. That's basically what it is. And, um, like I said, it is a step in the right direction of actually moving Barcelona to where Barcelona needs to be. 
he I, I think that Xavi will will actually integrate Tiki Taka into the the system into this Barcelona squad, but he's got to realize that we're in different times than when he was playing. Because remember, Tiki Taka started becoming pretty easy to read at the, at the time where they were then at that point, Barcelona it was not the same Barcelona that they were anymore because that's where I want to say that's where Pep left because it was, it was just, okay. He's like, Pep was like, okay, you can, you can still use Tiki Taka and it's going to be good. It, it, it was easy to read. Bayern Munich basically poked holes through it. But I think Xavi can actually bring some modernization of what modern football is and, and, to, and sprinkles a lot of that Tiki Taka of that um, La Masia kind of feel to it, you know, use the youth to his advantage. No, exactly. Exactly. He has, he has the brain, he has the vision, he can, he can see a lot of things that, as a player, he could see so many passes, so many things, and I think as a manager, he can see a lot of things that a lot of other coaches can't see. So, I think that it's going to be a step in the right direction, like I said. No, yeah, I, I totally agree. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You you time. agree? You agree with a green or with a with a with a little bit of salt on it, though? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But obviously, also for 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 the right to say La Liga is the best league, Barcelona needs to be at least good. Um, so there's that. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into our, I guess, not really a debate topic, just our reactions to the U.S. Men's National Team call-up. Obviously, you guys know me and I were big supporters of the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, international break is coming up this weekend. Um, I don't know how many times we got to say that, but it is. Um, and I got to say, I have some very mixed feelings on this call-up for the U.S. Men's National Team by Greg Barhalter. One, I, uh, here's the things I'm going to take away. One, there's some concerns, obviously, and there's some kind of, there's a, there's a lack of continuity with what Greg Berhalter, uh preaches on about the about his reason for the call up, and then two, there's a good lineup in here. There is. I'm just gonna put that out there. So I'm not. This isn't a terrible. Uh, uh, this isn't a terrible call up. There's a good lineup in here. The depth is my concern for this one, um, and, and this is the call up that's going to play against Mexico. So that's that's that's. I think that's the reason why I have more pressure on this call up is because of the fact you're playing Mexico. And yes, I care about just qualifying for the World Cup, and that'll be great. But you need to beat Mexico. Uh, I'm sorry. That's this is that's just that's just it. You gotta at least compete with the rival, and, and so you can't fuck this up. This is a call that you can't mess up because of the fact that you got Mexico. That's the big reason that I'm a little bit more critical about this call up than previous ones. But we'll go ahead and and mention. We'll read out the call up so that way you guys are familiar with it. Um, obviously, things can change depending on injuries and all that. But uh, essentially, this is the, the initial call up for the U.S. men's national team for their game for their games against Mexico and Jamaica. And at, at goalkeeper, you have Sean Johnson of NYCFC, Zach Steffen of Manchester City, and Matt Turner of the New England Revolution. I think it's pretty straightforward why they have those goalkeepers. Sean Johnson, he's just there. Um, but you know, obviously, Zach Steffen and Matt Turner. Obviously, you guys, you guys know how I feel about Matt Turner. I think he's going to be the number one goalkeeper. At least he should be. Um, Zach Steffen, I just think right now Matt Turner is the guy in form, and, and there's nothing that's going to change that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're you're right on that one. 
So I'm agreeing with you for the goalie. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for the defenders, uh, Reggie Cannon makes his, his, his comeback to the U.S. men's national team from Boa Vista. Mark McKenzie from Genk. Chris Richards from Hoffenheim. Anthony Robinson from Fulham. Miles Robinson from Atlanta United. Joe Scally making his U.S. men's national team first-time call-up for the senior team uh, from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Sam Vines from Royal Antwerp. DeAndre Yellen from Galatasaray and Walker Zimmerman from Nashville. Um, from this, obviously the big takeaway is Reggie Cannon's return, but also Joe Scaly. I'm really intrigued by him. Do I think we're going to see him in this call-up? I'm not entirely sure. I would love to see him because I think he, one, he's been looking really good for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, but I, I don't know. Cause you, you, bring, you, you obviously you have three right back options, obviously Reggie Cannon, Joe Scaly and DeAndre Yellen. Part of me thinks that DeAndre Yellen's going to be the guy starting in Mexico. That's just my yeah. hunch. Um, center backs, obviously, Miles Robinson looks good. Chris Richards is someone that I like. Mark McKenzie, I'm not against it either. Um, Walker Zimmerman could, you know, could be that guy that's going to be leading the back line. But I feel like I would like to, I would prefer to see Chris Richards and Miles Robinson as that center back pairing. And then, uh, you know, obviously, Anthony Robinson at left back. At least that's what I would hope. Yeah, I mean, I honestly would like to see DeAndre Yedlin. Sorry, DeAndre Yedlin play again. Um, Reggie Cannon as well. Um, I guess maybe I'm thinking here. uh, Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman. And that's that's honestly a possibility. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to count that out. Uh, in the midfield, and this is where I have my concerns. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. Kellen Costa from Colorado Rapids. Tyler Adams from RB Leipzig. Gianluca Busio from Venezia. Sebastian Legit from LA Galaxy. Weston McKenney from Juventus. Eunice Munsa from Valencia. And Christian Roldan from the Seattle Sounders. I'm just going to say this. Just go ahead and put it out there. I'm tired. <laughs> Of seeing Christian Roldan, and, and this might hurt my chances of ever having an interview with Becky G. But I'm tired of Sebastian Legit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm really am like, like those are oh, two geez. spots that you can call up any other midfielder. Any other midfielder, I'm okay with Kellen Acosta. I feel like Kellen Acosta has has now, from what he was able to do with the Gold Cup, has kind of earned his right to be with the U.S. Men's National Team, right? Uh, Obviously, we know the main three, at least at least we would hope the three main midfielders that we were hoping to see, and that's Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Eunice Munsa be in the midfield. That's what we hope. That, that should be the nucleus. That's what we want to see continue, continue building that chemistry there. Um, Gianluca Busi, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Uh, obviously, now playing at in Italy, see what see what he, what he what he's learned from Italy and how he's going to apply with the U.S. Men's National Team. But I think with Sebastian Legit and Christian Roldan, I feel like those are two roster spots that could have been given to other midfielders. Um, I don't, I don't know who specifically, but just that could have gone to somebody that either just to like secure a player, or or just you know see who can gel with this you know U.S. Men's National Team as you're still trying to figure out who's going to the World Cup. Um, so that so that is my my concerns for the midfield, but obviously ideally. Tyler Adams at the sixth spot. Gianluca, I mean, uh, Eunice Munson and Weston McKinney kind of being those dual eights because for some reason, 
Brett Berhalter doesn't want to play with a, doesn't want a number 10. But Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, and Tyler Adams, at least that's the ideal midfield. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on that one. And like you said, you're tired of seeing Sebastian legit. I mean, yeah, give, give, give one of the young bucks a chance. <laughs> you know, just, just, you know, just, I'm not saying he's old. I'm just saying, you know, like, I'm just, I, I just don't need to see him go try to take corners or free kicks. I, I, I don't need Sebastian legit doing that. And once again, I know this is going to probably hurt my chances of ever having Becky G on the show. But yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of Spencer. You're still, you still, you still, you still, you still shooting your shot there, sir? Still shooting my shot. Um, but yeah, so so there's that for the midfield. And then the forward position, yeah, Brendan Aronson from RB Salzburg, Paul Ariola from DC United, Jesus Ferreira from FC Dallas, Ricardo Pepe from FC Dallas, Christian Pulisic from Chelsea, and Timothy Weah from Lille. I'm going to say this right now, just to go ahead and put it out there. Why is there not another forward here? Another striker. <laughs> now, uh, and for some people, obviously, you guys know I love Timothy Weah. You, you know, everyone everyone knows I have a soft spot for him, and I want to see him succeed as a U.S. Men's National Team player. Uh, but Greg Berhalter doesn't play him as a forward. He doesn't play striker. He plays him on the wing. So, to me, I have to see him as a winger, just because that's where that's where Greg Berhalter usually puts him at. Um I guess Jesus Ferreira is supposed to be that backup striker because I feel like Ricardo Pepe will be the starting striker. But I feel like this was a time to, you know, I should have seen either a PFOC or I should have seen uh, seen a, a Daryl DK. I should have seen somebody that I say, hey, that's a striker. Um, Jesus Ferreira, I, I don't see him as a striker. I think he, one, he's, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a heightist or anything, but he is on the little bit of the smaller end and Mexico's going to kill him if he, that's the case. Um, Christian Pulisic, I think he's going to be a sub just because of it, you know, obviously health concerns. I don't know. I don't think he's going to start at least, at least not the Mexico game. Maybe see him start in the in Jamaica game. Uh, Paul Ariola, yeah, you know, another one of Greg Berhalter's favorites. I like Paul Ariola. This isn't me trying to take a shot at Paul Ariola, but um, I mean, there's, I feel like there's other wingers. <laughs> if that makes any sense, that word. But, yeah. But the one I'm really happy to see is obviously Ricardo Pepe and Brendan Aronson. Obviously, these two have just, I think, I think Brendan Aronson proves more and more why he he's getting called up. And Ricardo Pepe, once again, I'm not I'm not saying that this guy is our guy, but he's he's solidifying his argument every time I watch him play. Yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, so I mean, if I were to to say who who should be the 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 front three for this one. Um, it, it realistically knowing how Greg Brother is is Brandon Aronson, Ricardo Pepe, and Paul Ariola. Ideally, I mean, if Christian Pulisic was, if Christian Pulisic turns out to be healthy, I would love to see Christian Pulisic, you know, Christian Pulisic, Ricardo Pepe, and Brandon Aronson, and have Paul Ariola come out of the bench. But knowing knowing Greg Brother and just knowing Christian Pulisic's health, I think Paul Ariola gets to start. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you on that one too. I mean, me and you basically are seeing eye to eye on this one. <laughs> All right. So my my reaction to the U.S. Men's National Team call up is pretty straightforward. It's just it's a it, there's a there's a good starting lineup in here. There's just certain certain players on here that I feel that shouldn't be on this call up. 
that could have been given to another player. Like Sean Johnson, no offense to Sean Johnson, but that could have been given to another goalkeeper or brought bring in Ethan Horvath. Um, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and list the guys that I think are head scratchers. Um, obviously, you guys know how I feel about Sebastian Legit and, and Christian Rodan. So those are the two head scratchers for the midfield. Defense, I'm fine with. I would have preferred to have seen uh, John Brooks. Um, but obviously, you know, he hasn't had a great form um, lately. Um, so, uh, so, I mean, he understands it. And, I mean, I would love to see him here. I kind of feel Cameron Carter-Victor has kind of got kind, uh, kind of snubbed. But at the same time, I'm okay with the center backs. So, I'm fine yeah. with the center backs. So I'm not, it's not, not entirely worse. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing John Brooks instead of Walker Zimmerman. But honestly, right. it's not terrible either. Um, <laughs> once again, uh, Christian Roldan and Sebastian Legit are, are two of my issues. Um, and then Jesus Ferreira, like, he's young and, and he could be something. But I don't think that this is the full – and I don't think he's been playing for, for FC Dallas lately. Right. So that's also – you didn't bring in a backup striker. And the reason – and I, I know Timothy Way technically could play striker, but he doesn't get played as a striker. So this would this they kind of wasted that one on I feel like you could have brought in a PFOC or you could have brought in uh, a Daryl DK, uh, an, another number nine. But uh, th- th- like I said, there's some there's some question marks behind it. But um, like I said, there is a good lineup in here. Hopefully they can. This could be enough to to beat Mexico. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping too. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. So this uh, reaction to the U.S. men's national team was brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. Swift Lifestyles is the ultimate energy and focus supplement for the gamer. Now, me and Edward can both tell you guys, but both can tell you that we are no gamers. Yeah. We like to play FIFA. Edward occasionally likes to play other games. Um, I just play FIFA and occasionally NCAA 2014. But aside from that, we're not gamers, but what we like using for Swift Lifestyles is because of our work. Um, actually, I just started a new job. Uh, when we, as we're recording this episode, I just started a new job at a warehouse, so I definitely need some Swift Lifestyles to stay focused out there. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it gives me the focus I need, and the best part of it all. Not only does it taste good, but there's just no heavy crash, so it just it just eases you down back to normal. So it, that's the best part of it all. So. If you go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use the code insert name FC at checkout, you'll get a 15% discount. Yes, sir. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. You guys are going to hear an ad and then we'll get going with game recaps. Hector, are you listening to music? No, I am not listening to music. I'm listening to my audiobook on Audible. What's Audible. Audible allows you to listen to a large library of audiobooks at your convenience. What if I'm not sure about Audible? Well, you can start a 30-day free trial when you use the link audibletrial.com slash podcast. Not only do you get the experience on Audible, but you'll also be supporting InsertNameFC. I'm going to start my free trial right now. And we're back. All right, Edward, games to recap. And what is your game to recap? All right, so my game to recap, and uh, this is going to hurt me a little bit because my game to recap is actually the Barcelona versus Celta Vigo game. I just got to say this before you, before you get into this game. 
So obviously last week, Kelsey came in to, uh, to fill in for you. Um, and he chose to talk about how Brighton drew with, with, with Liverpool. You know, so he brought pain to himself because obviously Kelsey's a Liverpool fan. Um, right. And, and, that, and then now you're also bringing pain upon yourself as you talk about this, this draw for Barcelona. Anyways, well, I, the, I think it's, an interest, it's, it's just interesting to me. That's all I got to say. I mean, if, if, it, if it happens like three times in a week, something's going on in the universe. Yeah. Where, you know, something's going on. But basically, uh, the reason being is because, for one, the first half, they leave the first half three to zero. So I'm all like, okay, this is a win. Uh, I'm like, I'm excited. You know, I'm like, okay, this is a win. There's no reason to, to be worried or whatever. Nothing but, bad could ever happen. <sighs> I guess I didn't knock on wood hard enough. I should have freaking, freaking punched the wall and hit the stud and break the stud. But you, know, you really don't um, like your wall. I don't. But it just it, it drew. They basically caught up and drew three to three. That game ended three to three. Celta Vigo had somehow, some way, out possessed Barcelona just by a small margin, not by a lot, fifty two percent. So it was like. Kind of like in between. But Celta Vigo outshot 18 to 10. And Barcelona scored three goals in the first half, like I said. But Celta Vigo scored the three in the second half. I'm just saying why and how and basically all those questions that you ask in school. Like why, when, when, where, how. You know, like, I felt, I was just, I was upset. I was just like, how does that happen? This, this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, these connected dots, that back line, yeah, something needs to be done. Anyways, I'm just like, you know, I was just in shock, honestly. That's why I had to pick that one as my game recap. It's kind of like a, kind of like a humble yourself kind of thing. Like, you know, hey, you're three goals up, you know. I mean, what do we, what do we, what do we say over there? You know, at Swiss, like whenever we're, we're, uh, we're playing. Hey, we're four goals up, but you know, we still got to keep going. You know, shoot, we still keep going. Yeah, the last few games for for us oh, has been bad. kind of a, has been a shit show. Yeah. Um, but kind of, but coming back to this Barcelona game I, I, once again, Celta Vigo is is. This is why me and Edward have said why La Liga we deem it to be at least argued enough to be the top one of the top leagues in in in, in the in the world. I mean, obviously we know Premier League is going to be the best one, but why La Liga at least should be argued for to at least kind of be able to teeter over. But the reason why is because any of these teams in La Liga can ruin any of of the top yeah. seasons. And Celta Vigo, Celta Vigo is one of them. Celta Vigo is definitely one of those teams. Um, and I mean, let's face it, they have definitely one of the most underrated players on their team, and that's Iago Aspas. Um, that man, <laughs> that man's gonna be forever neglected by the Spanish national team. Um, but wait, has he gotten a few columns? I think he probably did, but obviously, he got overshadowed by David Villa and, 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 and others, but um, yeah. yeah, this was I don't know what happened, I don't know if Barcelona just like eased up thinking that. They had the game, not against Celta Vigo, not with that, with, with what Iago Aspas brings up front 
that's not something you, you can take lightly. Um, that's I think this kind of goes to the I think this kind of I, I don't know about how you feel, but this kind of points towards the inexperience of what this Barcelona team has. Well, it, like I said earlier today, and I said it, and I will say it again, is like these dots are not connecting. Like you know, the attack attack wise. They seem to be finding themselves just a bit defensive-wise, though, however. It's just... Not I don't know what case. to say. It's really not. Um, like, Piquet can yell out as much as he wants. It's just... It's not going to do anything. Like, if you don't step up, if you don't show them how to take control of that, of that back line, um, I'm sorry. You're not going to be able to do anything. I mean, uh, it's not like uh, we all. Well, I mean, Barcelona fans thought when Puyol was like, you know what, Piquet's gonna be my predecessor. He's gonna be the one left. If anything, Mascherano filled those boots. When then once Mascherano left, then you, of course you had Piquet left, and even then you would you would think with all that, all that knowledge, all the height, the power, the header, everything. You would think, okay, this dude's gonna step up. Nope. To me, he is still that kid. There, he needs somebody basically to be under the wing of. So I'm just. Yeah, I, I think the issue is just that the defense is just inexperienced, and then you you do have an experienced center back in there, but he just doesn't scream leader. Um, you know, when you think of. And like you said, when you think of legendary uh, defensive leaders, when, especially with Barcelona, obviously Puyol is like the first name you think of. But you know, and then you said Machado kind of filled in that role a little bit, being that vocal leader in the back line. Um, and, and that's kind of been the thing that's missing. And unfortunately, Piquet, it doesn't seem like he's making any any commands or or any observations on the field to make sure someone covers somebody. It's more of him kind of. It just seems like a child, like having a temper tantrum. Uh, it seems like, cause that's the reaction you're getting from the other players whenever he does do these things. Um, yeah. I, I think that like, kind of, kind of come kind of what you're saying is like, they just need a, a solid leader in that center back position. Um, age may not necessarily be the thing. I mean, we've seen like some very savvy center backs that are at a very young age. Um, I mean, Matias Delic is a name that, that comes to mind when I think of that. So, but yeah, no, it, it, yeah, there definitely there's there there's something lacking in that in that Barcelona backline. Yeah, I mean it's just, but we'll with and time. Worst, and, we'll and the see worst what part, happens. and the worst part of it all is it's not helping Ter Stegen. It's really not. It's not really making his case for being one of the top goalkeepers in in the world, and it's just not. <sighs> I don't know, man. It, like I said, it's that backline, man. Like, something needs to be done, man. And I and I like Araujo. I like this. I like Alba. Honestly, I do like Piquet. It's just he's not he's not stepping up, man. Mm, okay. He's not being the captain of the back line like he should be. No, you're absolutely right. All right. And what is your game to recap moving away from my train wreck? Uh kind of uh, depending on how you feel on uh depending on what side you are, kind of a train wreck as well. And that is West Ham United beating Liverpool three to two. Oh yeah, that that one, one before we we get into this one, I find the game was very entertaining. Uh, 
for just from the beginning, I thought this game uh, lived up to what we thought it was going to be. And that was obviously Liverpool going up against a really good West Ham United team that is led by David Moyes. Um, which is crazy to think that this is a David Moyes-led team. Um, but that's where we are now. 2021's been a crazy year, man. <laughs> let's, just, let's, just, let's just leave it like that. But West Ham United, uh, you know, they knew the assignment and they took care of that, and that's what they did. Um, they had and, and Liverpool played how Liverpool would be playing. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Um, and and the reason why I say that is because Liverpool had 69% of the possession. Very nice. Uh, Liverpool outshot uh, West Ham United 16-7. to And maybe you're probably like, well, clearly West Ham had more shots on target. You're wrong. Liverpool had more shots on target 5-3. to Liverpool played like Liverpool. Unfortunately, though, it was honestly from what happened in the beginning of the game, which was a corner kick which I don't know why they gave it an own goal to Allenson. I think it was a straight-up goal from the corner kick taker because it curled right into the back of the net. There were some arguments that, that there was some interference from the from a player that was that just you know happened to be in the way of, of Allison. But I don't think that there was much interference aside just he was in front of him. Allison just didn't get his hands on the ball. I don't know why they called from what I saw on ESPN, they counted as an own goal. I haven't looked at anywhere else, but that looked like it was a goal from a goal for the corner kick taker, which that was where I knew that this game was going to be very interesting to watch. And, and it did not disappoint. This was a really good game. Um, unfortunately, as, as, an, you know, as an outsider, not being obviously a West Ham United fan or a Liverpool fan was a, a great game in general. But obviously if you're a Liverpool fan, you, you, you're, you're in disgust, but um, very entertaining game. Edward, do you have anything to say about this game? Um, well, honestly, I was I was expecting Liverpool to win, but you know, it, it just goes to show that West Ham is actually a contender, you know. And it's something that a lot of people were like, Well, no, they haven't faced up against a powerhouse. No, I mean they've I mean they did. They faced off against the Liverpool, deadly Liverpool at that, and it's just they came out on top. So this goes to show West Ham is a actual contender, not just a I'm gonna I'm gonna have to use this as the old gunner kind of a kind of situation, you know, where he just stumbles on the wins. Uh I'm I feel like West Ham has, has been more solid than, than exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like they're not doing the Manchester United way right now where all gunner just stumbling upon the wins, you know. No, yeah, yeah, you're, you're completely right. Um, because, yeah, because uh, obviously, you know, one, the team isn't, you know, you, ha- you don't have Ronaldo trying to save the team every single day. Um, but yeah, West Ham United, and they made some some pretty good moves. I mean, they they brought in Zuma into that back line. Um, but yeah, West Ham, West Ham just looks really good this season. I don't know if they can keep this form. Um. It's interesting that it is David Moyes that's the man in charge of this team, but you know what? They're 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 a top team right now. They're in the top. They're at least in the top four from last time I checked. So I mean, you know, West Ham United definitely are sitting pretty right now. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see if they can keep this up. Yeah, you're right. All right, Edward. Time for players of the week. Who's your player of the week? My player of the week is. Drum roll, please. And it's ironic because I think 
this is probably the second time that I've chosen him. Um, Juan Cuadrado from Juventus, who scored the winning goal in Juventus' 1-0 win against Fiorentina. Pretty good game. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, it was, it was a little bit of a nail-biter there. More than nail-biter, probably reaching all the way to freaking the cuticles and stuff. All the way down there. <laughs> actually, but Actually, you have never picked Juan Cuadrado. I have not? Oh, I could have sworn it did. Oh. oh, you know what? I take it back. It was, uh, I think it was like Federico Chiesa. I think I picked him twice. Mm, no. Really? You picked Benucci. I know I picked Benucci. I picked Dybala. I picked Ronaldo. I could have sworn I did pick Chiesa. Let's see. Juventus players. Juventus. Uh, Locatelli. Weston McKinney. Oh, okay. That's who I picked. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Wow, no Dybala. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah, he, he was out for a while because of COVID and injury. So he hasn't, yeah. Not to say he's not a good player. It's just I haven't chosen him yet. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. The the team that's mostly represented in, 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 in our players of the week is Bayern Munich. <laughs> oh, let me guess Lewandowski actually there's a tie no way there is a tie and it is, it is the, the two German teams it is Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich and let me guess Holland and Lewandowski uh huh and then there's <laughs> Sergei Narby oh, Eric Massey and Chupa Moting uh, Jamal Musiala and then for oh. Borussia Dortmund, you have Erling Haaland, Gio Reyna, Ansgar Knopf, and Thorgan Hazard. <laughs> well, then. Uh, yeah, there's... Then the sec- second would be Manchester United. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's get back to the term. Uh, let's do the term. Oh, wait. No, I take that back. Manchester United is actually the team most used because I, I forgot that Ronaldo switched from switched Manchester over. to Manchester United and Jesse Lingard switched from West Ham to Manchester United. So Manchester United has been the most team, Damn. Most, team most selected in, in Players of the Week. Damn. All right. But yeah. Anyways, you were, you were saying? You were I was saying, I was, I was not, yeah, I was saying Cuadrado, but I wanted to know who your player of the week was. Uh, well, well, you don't want to talk much about the Fiorentina game, but okay. Um, <laughs> well, all right. So my player of the week is Neymar, and this is actually the first time Neymar is featured on Player of the Week. Damn. We have well, never I mean, we have never used Neymar. Wow. Makes sense. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, stars set a team, but go on. I we've never picked Neymar. That is uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's the world we live in. We never picked Neymar, but he scored two goals in PSG's three-two win against Bordeaux. Um, Messi hasn't. Messi still hasn't scored a a a, a league one goal. Still waiting on that. Yep, I mean he scored for PSG. Obviously, it was in the Champions League. He scored Champions League, yeah, but uh, not in league. Uh, but yeah, so Neymar, uh, I was, 
honestly, I was contemplating on who I was going to pick. It was between Neymar or, or Iago Aspas. But, I mean, you know, that's a draw versus this one being a win. So, pretty straightforward to picking this one. But, yeah, Neymar scores two goals. Even though Kylian Mbappe scored the game winner, but obviously there wouldn't be a game winner if it wasn't for Neymar scoring those two goals. So, that's my player of the week is Neymar. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, guys. Once again, it is the international break this weekend for the men's side. Uh, I got to make sure I mention that part. But for the international break, we're going to start things off with Friday. Obviously, with this episode drops on Friday. So these are the games that you should be looking forward to for the international break. We'll start things with Friday. It is USA versus Mexico. Pretty straightforward. It's the rivalry between USA and Mexico. Um, can Greg Ballhalter beat Mexico again? We'll see. And Uruguay versus Argentina. So those are the games for Friday. Edward has no reaction. All right, interesting. No, I mean they're they're good games. I mean, what do you? Those are basically rivalries. So I, I can't really be like. It's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to to choose on this one. Both teams are well. All four teams are really good. USA versus Mexico, of course. I do want USA to win, but Mexico does have a good squad, so we will see on that one. Uruguay versus Argentina. You know how I feel, Argentina. You know how I want. I would like to Argentina to win, but Uruguay has a really good squad. Uh, they do have some really good uh, young players. I mean, uh, Darwin Nunez is that striker that I've been always saying. And, I mean, he's Uruguayan. I don't know if they're going to end up using him and, or are they going to bring him along along with Luis Suarez. Or, I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, so there will be no, no, uh, no international games on Saturday, at least any, any good ones, um, at least that we would deem. But for Sunday, we have Croatia versus Russia, Spain versus Sweden, and Ghana versus South Africa. Mm, okay. So got got some Africa Africa games going on. So, yeah. That one looks like it's going to be. It, it, I mean, Ghana has always been a good team, so I can't say, oh no, like they're not that good or whatever. They they've been a good team. I'm not going to say that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that is the games for Sunday. Going into Monday, there's only one game, and that is Scotland versus Denmark. Mm. That one, I want to give it to the Danes. I do too, uh, but Scotland seems to be a feisty team. So there's that. They're frisky. So, so there's that. And then Tuesday, we have Jamaica versus USA, Canada versus Mexico, Netherlands versus Norway, Wales versus Belgium. Argentina versus Brazil. Hopefully, there's no there's no interruption for that game uh, this time around. And, uh, Egypt versus Gabon, mainly because it's Aubameyang. That's that's the only reason why I picked <laughs> that, Gabon. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. And Cameroon versus the Ivory Coast. Oh, that that's always a good one. I mean, back when Drogba was you know was still playing and stuff, you know, that was always a good one. Yeah, I think that's gonna be an interesting game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is the, the games for the for the men's international break for World Cup qualifiers, and then obviously NWSL semifinals. I know I jinxed uh, Gotham FC and actually uh, uh, Mackenzie's North Carolina Courage in, in, some, oh, in some way. She so, must kind of 
despise you just a little bit. Well, she also jinxed. She she also said that she jinxed them probably for herself as well. But you know what? It's okay, Mackenzie. You could put the blame on me. It's I'm like Akon. You can put the blame on me. Um, I don't even. Does Mackenzie even know about Akon? college I mean she's like well, she's got to be at least like 24 23 somewhere around there what wait do they do 24 23 year olds know about akon Ooh, I don't know that's a, <laughs> this would be the dumbest thing to message Mackenzie by the way I don't think I'm gonna do that I'm not gonna ruin that girl's day like that <laughs> you should you should you should ask her you should ask her uh, maybe for a future episode. Maybe, maybe when we bring her in for a future episode. Uh, we might forget. I'm just saying, we might forget. Mackenzie, you ever listen to Akon? <laughs> Any, I don't, that, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, so the NWSL semifinals are going to be this weekend. It's going to be the, the second seed OL rank taking on the Washington Spirit. Washington Spirit uh, coming up big in extra time to beat the North Carolina Courage. Uh, can they keep this young Washington Spirit team keep their form against a very strong uh, OL reign that has Megan Rapino, Rose Lavelle, just to name a few players, but can Trinity Rodman and that young Washington Spirit keep their form or will OL reign go ahead and, and end that for them? And then on the other side, you have the number one seed Portland Thorns taking on the Chicago Red Stars who, you know, ruined the, the, the farewell tear for, Car- for Cardi Lloyd. Um, I apologize to Gotham FC for that one as well. Because I, oh. I did jinx that. <laughs> but the Chicago Red Star is coming off of a b- big win against against Gotham behind uh, uh, Mallory Pugh, who is dating Dansby Swanson, World Series champion from the Atlanta Braves. Hurts me, but you know she got, she found some swag from her from her man and brought it over to Chicago Red Stars. Um, can they continue that form against Portland Thorns? I think it's gonna be these are gonna be two really good matchups. I think any of these any of these four would make a great final. Um, so I can't wait for these two games. I think they're gonna be fun. You're gonna ca- you can catch these games on CBS Sports Network. So you don't have to go get a Paramount Plus uh, subscription. You can go ahead and watch this on CBS Sports Network. Or if you have Paramount Plus, I'm sure you can still watch it on Paramount Plus. Are you waiting for me to say something? <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, watch it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was just like, I was like uh, listening to you and uh, I'm over here nodding my head. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I guess I'll take it from there. But yeah, some great, great games are coming up this weekend. Make sure you guys, uh, make sure you guys are aware of these games because I think they're going to be all great, especially the NWSL playoffs because this playoffs, what else do you want? So there is that. Um, so those are the games to look forward to this weekend. We're going to go ahead and take one more break, and then we'll go ahead and wrap things up with three up, three down. Hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward. And we, we are, are Insert Name FC. FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern time. We will see, see you there. there. And we're back. All right, Edward. Three up, three down, and it the topic is side dishes. So we we're gonna have we're gonna set the rules. Obviously, it has to be a side dish. If the way me and Spencer kind of laid it out, and Spencer didn't send me his three up, three down, so that sucks. Um, but essentially, if you have to 
make an argument for it to be a side dish, then obviously it's not a side dish. So like appetizers don't count. Um, I was I was thinking like a loaded baked potato, but that kind of can also be its own thing, its own plate. So it so it's essentially side dishes. So anything anything that you have as a side, that's what we're talking about here. Um, you know, so I'm gonna go ahead and start things off if that's okay with you, Edward. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I'm going to start things off for my three down. At number three, I have applesauce. It is a side. Apple. If you go That's to a if, side. Yeah, if you go to a steakhouse, they actually offer applesauce as a side. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I do like applesauce. This isn't me saying I don't like applesauce. I just, I see it more as a snack than I see it as a side. I think it's kind of weird ordering applesauce with your steak. That's just me. But... Um, hmm. Yeah, so number three, I have applesauce. Number two, this might be a little bit controversial, but it's because like it's a hit or miss sometimes for me, and that's onion rings. Okay. Like I love onion, onion rings. I mean onion rings are good. I love onion rings, but not everybody's had not every location has good onion rings. It's a real hit or miss for me sometimes at certain locations. So I'm like, that's why I put it in my three down because it's it's an inconsistent side. Hmm. You know, you know, weirdly enough, the best onion rings I ever had. Which ones? Boot camp. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> In boot camp, I had like some of the best onion rings. What the hell? Really? <laughs> yeah. So like. The fuck? So like, oh, all right. Fun story about boot camp. So whenever there was like a holiday, I think it, because I was there for 4th of July when I was in boot camp. So. We had, uh, so for, for 4th of July, they actually gave us like burgers for, for at the Chaha. And so I remember we were eating burgers. I thought it was so weird. It, like, it, it was kind of like a cafeteria burger, but the onion rings, bro. The onion rings. I was like, I don't know what it was, but they were good. I miss them sometimes. I don't know if I would go through boot camp over again for them, though. But Just for that. I don't know if I would, though. They're not that great, but. <laughs> but yeah, so number two, I do have onion rings. And then number one, I know I mentioned I mentioned this earlier when I was talking about the rules, but I know once again, steakhouses do offer this as a side, and that is just a baked potato. Not a loaded baked potato, just a baked potato. Just a baked potato. Yeah. And that just that to me, that just sounds very just not right. Like, what am I gonna do with a baked potato? Like, I need, I need some, I need some like sour cream. I need some cheese. I need some, I need some bacon bits, some chives in there. Like, I, I need a loaded baked potato. Like, there's just something blasphemous of just having just a plain baked potato. I mean, I guess you could do. Well, okay, yeah, I think you're right. Just plain old baked potato. That just that's just plain old boring, bro. Yeah. So. There's no flavor in that. Yeah, exactly. So, so rearrange my three down: applesauce, onion rings, and a baked potato. Obviously, not loaded. Um. All right. Okay. I got you. I got the gist. <laughs> all right. So, I guess my bottom three would actually be. Um, I've seen it. Um, 
steamed cauliflower. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I am not a cauliflower person. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, uh, the, the only reason why I put it like that is because uh, there's this place called Kelly's and they do a country cooking. And one of the sides is actually cauliflower and it's steamed. And it just, it does not smell good and doesn't taste good. More than likely makes your bowel movements not smell good. So it's just not, not a, not a fun thing to eat at all. Okay. So, so yeah, that's my number three. Um, my number two is actually, um, I would have to say, Oh, um, the what's that place? Crab, what's that place? Um, it was a I can't remember the place of it though, but they had the crappiest French fries. They were so soggy and watery and really skinny, and they had no salt. And for you out there listening, it's not the Waterburger fries because the Waterburger fries actually do have some sort of flavor. Um, but these, I just can't remember. It was a, it was a, it was a, a I think it was like a, maybe a, like a mom and pop, like little burger place. And I just can't remember the name of it. Like I really can't. And it was my first time eating there. And so I think it was the you, last time I ate down there. French, is, is this like your, your second down? Is that, is it just French fries? No, the set, or just, no, specifically no, just this these location? specific, just specifically this location. I wish I could tell y'all where it is, but I don't remember. It was a few years back. I just remember I had the worst French fry experience in my life that I didn't eat fries for about three weeks just because of those fries. Oh, damn. Yeah, it, 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 it was that bad. I was just thinking all the fries taste the same now. And then it, uh, I just I couldn't do it. So just those specific French fries. That's my number two. And my number one is actually... Um, I. So on this one, I guess I'd have to say... Um, Hmm. My number one. That was a tough one, actually. I, I mm, huh? Because I can't really condemn all of them. Because I was going to say one in particular, but then I was like, no. I was like, I can't condemn them all because they're not all bad. But um, oh, you know what? Number one. Br- um, bread, like you know how they bread? sometimes some hold hold your thought. I would just um, there's places that cut up the the loaf of bread and they put it in a little basket, and then you know they give it to you like uh, either as appetizer or sometimes they'll even give it to you on the side so you can smear um, whatever it is like spinach dip, um, you know um, the, the artichoke dip, um, just some sort of some sort of dip. You know, in those fancy restaurants. I love Olive Garden bread, like the breadsticks, but there's the, I can't remember if it was at Olive Garden or somewhere else where I asked for spinach dip and I wanted chips with it. These dudes brought me fucking toasted, cold ass bread. And 
I'm like, this is the most boring thing. I'm over here trying to scrape it on the thing. Normally, when it's really good bread, you you hear the scrape of like really nice scrape, and you know it's warm because you're holding it. And it's warm. I'm over here holding a cold ass piece of bread, and I just go. You mean, you mean like bagel chips? No, not like bagel chips. Not bagel chips. I'm saying like bread, like as in that's what bagel was, chips are. Bagel chips. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bagel chips. I guess. I don't know. I'm actually talking about actual bread. Like it was, it was. Yeah, it was just, bagel chips or bread. It's just that it's crunchy. Okay, well, this was crunchy for all the wrong reasons. Like they left it out after it was warm. I was like, man, this sucks ass. But yeah, I would say, I would say that bread, accompanied with whatever dip they decided to give me, it was, it was the bread though. The bread killed it for me because I, I like spinach dip. Don't get me wrong. Would I that be it. an appetizer, or would, or would that constitute as a side dish? Hmm. Good point. Hmm. I mean, to me, I freaking I would eat it. I would eat it as a side as well. All right then. That's just me. That's just me. I'll eat anything as a side. All right then. But but yeah, that's my number one down because it was just it was such a bad experience. Like you know, eating usually you expect bread to be nice and toasty and warm and stuff, and this this shit right there, like fucking, I could have thrown it. To the floor, that would probably would have cracked the freaking marble floor they had. All right, but, like, but but yeah. All right, so going to my three up, uh, my number my number three are egg rolls. Egg rolls, okay, okay, those are good. Those are really good. Yep, uh, you know, there's one thing you guys need to know. If there's anything outside of Italian. Or obviously traditional Hispanic food. Um, I would say the number three uh, food, I guess, genre would be Chinese food. Um, everyone knows. Everyone knows I love. Well, actually, I don't think everyone knows I love Chinese food, but I do love Chinese food. Uh, as you know, and, and many of my family members know because I actually eat with chopsticks. So, like, I, yeah, I love Chinese food. Like, I and one of my favorite things is to get. I, I can honestly argue for 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 spring rolls, but I do like egg rolls a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so it's one of my favorite things. Uh, that's actually one of the, one of the reasons why I love, uh, I love Chinese food aside from just, you know, eating noodles or, or rice and, and the other options as well. But uh, yeah, I just like Asian cuisine very much, but egg rolls is definitely one of the reasons why I, 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 I look forward to it. Um, but yeah, so that's my number three. Number two is mac and cheese. Okay. Can never go wrong with mac and cheese. Um, God, okay, so Spencer, I gotta say, man, I haven't had good, like, I haven't had mac and cheese as good as Spencer's mac and cheese. Damn, for real? Spencer, Spencer would make this, like, multi-cheese mac and cheese. Damn. I think it was a, I think it was a four-cheese mac and cheese, but I could be wrong. I think, all I know is, all right, so whenever... Whenever it was Thanksgiving, Spencer cooked uh, Thanksgiving for us. Uh-huh. And I mean, also, Del Santos would make pernith. But, um, but Spencer, he would, he would make, like, he would do the collard greens. He would do the, he would make the mac and cheese. He would, you know, he would, he, he, he made, he made some meals, man. Like, he, I look forward to Thanksgiving because of Spencer. Because, <laughs> 
I mean, like, to be honest, I, I do like Thanksgiving. I'm not saying, I mean, this is, you know, November's coming up. I do like Thanksgiving, but to be honest with y'all, like, I don't, you know, especially Edward can tell you this. I don't celebrate a traditional Thanksgiving when I'm here and, you know, obviously with my family, because the way what we choose to eat is, is not a traditional Thanksgiving meal. We don't even eat turkey. Yeah. We, we, we eat a uh, chicken, which is, it's called Norneado. It's like a traditional Salvadorian dish. Um, or for, for my mom's situation, cause normally she has to work Thanksgiving. So we'll have a breakfast. And so we would have like, you know, frijoles with eggs. So, and Edward can, Edward can tell you this, this is, this is how I celebrate Thanksgiving. So whenever I was in North Carolina, you know, being, you know, when I was in the Marines in North Carolina, uh, Spencer gave me a traditional Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, a Southern, Southern soul, soul version of it. But I still had Thanksgiving. I had a traditional Thanksgiving meal when I was with Spencer. So, uh, and and I that that mac and cheese is something I still think about to this day. Um, Spencer, if 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 you had if you have a if you if you really care about me and you really love me, you you send me some mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so at least Edward could try it too, because Spencer does that, and then he makes this like Cajun pasta that. Oof, man, Spencer can cook, man. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, well, Spencer can cook. <laughs> well, there you go. Use me as an excuse talking about. Oh yeah, go ahead. And let you know, also Spencer sent over that Cajun pasta as well. <laughs> so for Edward, so Edward could try it. There and you Edward go. Not ever get a single taste of it. What? <laughs> yeah, right. And be like, hey, he'll probably be like, hey, Edward, did you get to try mac and cheese? You were taking too long. I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I ain't get shit. What's going on? Especially my kids who love mac and cheese. Really? You're going to deprive them of that? All right, let's see how it is. I can't say anything. You gave me, you told me the most beautiful moment of my life. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways. And uh, my number one is French fries. All right. I mean, sounds obviously, good, sounds good. some people, yeah, we know people can mess up French fries. We know that. But majority of the time, whether it's steak fries, seasoned fries, curly fries, regular fries, it's a, it's a safe bet. It's a really it usually a safe bet. There, yeah. There's there's a few exceptions to the rule, but French fries is a, a good number one. Um, I can I I can tell y'all like if if the fry is really if I really like the fries, I can eat it without ketchup. And, and, Damn really? Yeah. Like I I can eat McDonald's fries without ketchup. Uh, I can't. I really like my. I, I, need, I, like to, I need to have. I need to have spicy ketchup. The Waterburger spicy ketchup. Well, that's okay. I don't rate Waterburger fries that highly, but I do like the spicy ketchup. But I can eat McDonald's fries without ketchup. Um, obviously Jack in the Box because I love curly fries, seasoned fries more specifically. Popeyes fries, they've won me over multiple times. Um, I need to try that Meg the Stallion sauce. I, I don't care. I don't care what people say. <laughs> Mega Stallion's dropped some like hottie spots. Some hottie spots. What? Yeah, what? She, yeah. Mega Stallion uh, partnered with Popeyes. Also, sh- congratulations to Mega Stallion graduate a fellow Texas Southern alum. She graduated from Texas Southern. Um. So yeah, congrats to her. You know, fellow Tiger. So, congrats to you. But yeah, she she came out. Uh, she came out with a with a sauce with Popeyes. So uh, I'm, I might I might try it out one of these days. 
All right, all right. All right, uh, what's your what's your three up? Uh, my three up. Okay, so <laughs> this is gonna this one's gonna make me sound kind of snobby here. All right, so my number three is actually um, fried calamari. <laughs> uh, it, it, the the Olive Garden one was actually Uh-oh. pretty good. Major bomb alert! Spencer just sent us his three up, three down. No, oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> And um, that's why I'm excited too. So I'm rush mine. Um, so yeah, fried calamari is my number three. It's really good. It makes me sound really snobby-ish, but it, trust me, it's it's just it's it's good. It, it, I don't know. I guess the fried part made me realize, hey, this is even though it's like you know calamari, I can still eat it. Like it's just you know pretty good. Um, number two. Is actually tater tots, yay yay, and then my number one go to side is, and I know I don't know if some people eat it like this, but I do onion rings, but with ketchup. Okay, so that's my top three. All right. And like I said, Spencer did send his. So we're going to wrap this with, with Spencer's. Uh, we're going to start out with his three down and do three uh, his three up. His three down. Rutabaga, that bitter taste just does something to my taste buds. Never had rutabaga in my life. so Never have I either. Number two, Bustle Sprouts. Ooh. Yeah. That's a, That's a good one. Number one, when people try to cook kale. I had a bad experience with this one. Bro, it's like the vegetable from hell. I ate it and it gave me horrible gas. Like, I think I'm dying gas. No bueno. All right. So that's his three down. His three up. That seven cheese, <laughs> that seven cheese mac and cheese I made that time you you came over for Thanksgiving. Damn, there you go. This bro, this dude literally read my mind. I, I, I knew it was more than four cheeses. That's why I was like multiple cheese, mac and cheese. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Please, Spencer, make me some. <laughs> it may not taste the same if you ship it over, but I'm willing to take the risk. I will risk food poisoning for, for that mac and cheese. Spencer's like, what the fuck's wrong with you, man? Uh, number two is bacon wrapped asparagus. Oof. I mean, I like asparagus. That actually sounds is. good. That sounds great. All right. And number one is squash and wild onions. My granny taught me that recipe. I need to try that recipe now. From you, <laughs> not, 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 not me try it. Uh, I'm not good. I, I can't cook. Uh, but <laughs> I can concur. You can't concur. You never had any of my cooking. Exactly. Because you never cook. <laughs> exactly. Horror, <laughs> uh, my brother, was the cook. Yeah, he was. He was the one that was always making stuff. Hell, yeah. I, I think I have a more of a civilized palate than this animal here. Civilized I don't know how to palate? Cook. What does that mean? What, Taco Bell? Hey, truth be told, no, no I'm saying like when, I'm come, when it comes to me making food. You only make pancakes. No, I've made pancakes and I also make like uh, other shit for the kids and for me. Shoot, I love to cook salmon. Salmon, trout. Um, I'll go ahead and do um, chicken breast. 
Uh, ooh, stuffed chicken breast is actually pretty good. All right, then. But yeah, so that is our three up, three down, and that is the show. We want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. You can follow them at www.bellyupsports.com. Um, you can check out their website, how you know, all the great podcasts that they're affiliated with. Um, they're, they're constantly growing, man. It's crazy to think how far they've come in just the amount, like just literally the sample amount that they have done. But like, you know, you'll, if you like look at all the, all the media guys for certain teams, belly ups there. So they're, they definitely have a presence in the sports world. Um, and it's just, it's just going to be growing more and more as the time comes. So we're definitely excited about being part of belly up and we hope to continue to grow with them. Um, shout out to the unhinged radio powered by belly up. Um, obviously, you know, unhinged and belly up have developed a collaboration. We're going to be part of belly ups umbrella. And then we, we still have the radio portion, which is a 24 hour coverage of nonstop podcasting. You can listen to us on Fridays at 11 a.m. Central time, 12 p.m. Eastern time um, at uh, unhinged, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Um, if you guys want to know when we're live or when the other podcasts are live, just follow them on Twitter at Radio Unhinge and just they give you the link. Just click the link and then you're right there listening to 24-hour coverage of podcasting, of sports podcasting. Um, yeah. Shout out to- <laughs> Shout out to Alejandra Gomez and her company ANG Graphics for the creation of the Instant Name FC logo. Um, we love Alejandra. She does great work. Um, we love the logo. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why people love this podcast is because of the logo. It's just eye-catching. So follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, at a.g.graphics with an X. Um, hit her up if you need a logo done because she has done amazing work clearly you can see our logo and you can tell you can tell the uh, the good work just from that by itself <laughs> okay i thought i was gonna say something <laughs> uh, all right and obviously, those, pauses, those, those empty pauses are becoming more and more common sir <laughs> it's already seem like it and shout out to our producer our beat maker the amazing chef that he is that made a seven cheese mac and cheese and, and other things that, that sometimes still I, I miss about, uh, but Roosevelt Spencer. <laughs> he, he may as well just, you know what, just make a freaking chick. Uh, what's it? What is it? The Chick-fil-A player of the year award made out of mac and cheese. <laughs> the Chick-fil-A mac and cheese. There you go. Chick-fil-A makes some good mac and cheese. It's not, it's not Spencer's seven cheese mac and cheese, but it's, it's some pretty it's good macaroni. <laughs> no, I can't do a ranking of, of macaroni and cheese. That's just—it's just so many macaronis. But um, I know. Anyways, but yeah, you, you guys know that this show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for Spencer. Um. So, and obviously, if you guys hear the the beast that we have for our intro and outro, or how he manages to make us sound uh relatively decent in these singing bets. Well. Follow this man on Instagram at that guy dope. Hit him up. You guys are looking to get a beat done. This is the man that'll help you out. Um, I keep telling you, if you're if you're building up a podcast, uh, sometimes I, I get it. It's easier just to use some someone's music, but the issue is is that even uh, even though you're very you're not probably not making much, but if they find out you're using their music without their permission. You're gonna deal with the copyright issues. Sometimes it's just best to not deal with it and get and get something done right, like getting your own personal beat. 
when we when you guys hear our intro, you guys know that's insert name FC. So why don't you guys get the same thing done and have our guy Spencer take care of you like he took care of us? So there is that. Yep. Also, if you guys want his, his seven cheese macaroni <laughs> macaroni and cheese recipe, you can also hit him up on, on once again on Instagram at that guy dope. But yeah. Also, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. We are we try, we always, uh, especially when we drop our episodes, we want we always drop posts so you guys can uh, respond and react and share your thoughts on them. So you you know, obviously, we we love to have interaction with you guys. So if you guys want to send us a message, once again on Instagram and Twitter at insert name FC. Um, obviously, like I said, in our bios, there's our link our our link tree. Go ahead and click there, and you can see all the stuff how you can listen to us as well as uh, the belly up sports networks uh, website unhinged radio. And also obviously our great partners, fanatics, uh, Swift lifestyles, audible, and of course our clothing store with bonfire. So that you could just, it has all that there and you can find that on our social media. Once again, at insert name FC on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, sir. That's episode 62. Thanks for listening and catch you next week for episode 63 where we will be previewing La Liga MX playoffs and the MLS playoffs. We might have a special guest there. All right. Take care. Take care, guys. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.